The Once and Future Nerd Book 1 Princes of Jordan Chapter 2 Life in a Corner Episode 4 You don't need to get hurt. I just need to know where Rona Regan is. Scream and I'll kill you, though. Understand? Jen had found herself once more abruptly at the uncomfortable end of a knife. The knife was held by a rather grimy-looking man. Where is she? I didn't see her when I got out of bed. You're making yourself expendable. Okay, okay, if I were Arona Regan, what would I be doing right now? Suddenly, Jen's eyes focused past the grimy man's shoulder as she gestured wildly with both hands, pointing behind the man. I'd be uh, running away behind you! What? The grimy man turned his back on Jen. Jen, as you may have guessed, had recalled Irona Regan's preferred fighting style and took the opportunity her lie had created to kick the man, as Billy would say, square in the nuts. Her assailant doubled over in pain, dropping the knife in the process. Jen grabbed the blade and ran towards the barn. Wake up! Wake up! Brennan had been on watch at the door of the barn. In no time at all, he was running to Jen. He took a quick look around the field to assess the situation and then herded Jen back into the building. Yilloween was already prepared for a battle, bow drawn. Nia stood with her staff at the ready, although she couldn't quite mask the fear in her eyes. Nelson was fumbling with his armor, barely awake. Out here, with me. Where's Regan? She wasn't here when I awoke. Good thinking. Hide the children, too. Nia grabbed Nelson by the hand and pulled him towards the ladder up to the loft. Jen followed. Halfway up the ladder, they ran into Billy, who was climbing down with most of his armor surprisingly put on correctly. Where are you going? I heard Jen yell. Get over there. Stay low. Stay quiet. What? We've been training to fight. For a week. They've trained their whole lives. Now hide. Brennan and Yellowwind ran out of the barn. They ran directly into a semicircle of men who had been watching the entrance to the barn with their own weapons raised. This don't have to be a bloodbath. Just tell us where Arona Regan is. I wish we knew. Well, you're going to help us look, or we're going to kill you all. All the armed men wore a blue bandana around their left arms, indicating their affiliation to the same mercenary company. You sewer trash. Have you any idea whom you're threatening? Don't really give a sword. The men all snickered at this, as though it were a clever joke. Nia and the children found a small window that looked out over the barn entrance. From this vantage, they could see the excitement outside and just barely hear the conversation. This is bullshit. Oh, you serve the High King, do you? Why didn't you say so? People keep trying to kill us, and we gotta be pussies about it? Be quiet. We can't kill you then. It'd make us outlaws. The men all burst out laughing. Stop talking, before I put this knife up your arse. What in Selberin are you doing out here? At that moment, 
A second group of extremely dirty, heavily armed men came running out of the woods. These men all had red bandanas around their right arms. Rickard? Anders? Is that you? I suppose we're out here for the same thing. <clears throat> Not every day someone tells you where to find the thief queen of Armstrongard. At this, Brennan paid careful attention. I thought I was the only one crazy enough to believe that old buggering papa, though. In the part of a man's mind that makes horrible truths unavoidable once made plain, Brennan immediately realised to whom this comment referred. How do you suppose we resolve this? I think that's obvious. We was here first. No, you wasn't. We was waiting in them woods all day to ambush her. You just come running out first. Well, we ain't going anywhere. Yellowin swung his bow back and forth between the leaders of the two groups, unsure of which was the more urgent target. Neither are we. Which means we can either cut each other to pieces and wait for Arona Regan to finish us off, or we can split the bounty. Now, be honest, 15 men against Arona Regan's a gamble anyway. Right, you sneaky bastard. You've got yourself a god's damn deal. The two crews of mercenaries, who had turned their weapons towards each other earlier, now turned their swords towards their common purpose, Brennan and Yellowin. Thirty men now stood against the old soldier and the young elf. You finish off these two. I'll try around back, and we'll sort out the money later. Sounds like a night at your mom's house. That quip, of course, came from the infinitely clever mind of Billy. He had been listening to the whole conversation from above and decided to ignore Nia's warnings. The sellsword's response, however, was entirely unexpected. You backstabbing sod! I told you my family history in confidence. I never told no one. You lie. How dare you. It's not my fault your mum would drop her breeches for a half piece. How's about we bring up your drunkard of a father? Don't you dare. Can't say I blame him. I'd drink myself stupid too if I'd stuck my cock in your so of a mum and all I had to show for it was you. I'll wear your eggs for a necklace, you shit. All of a sudden, the two mercenary captains were fighting each other, their swords clashing loudly. The rest of each company followed suit, and within moments, an all-out brawl between the Red Arms and the Blue Arms had commenced. Brennan and Yellowin stood not two feet away, utterly forgotten by the mercenaries. I need to see to the children. Can you clean up what's left here? Should not be a problem. Brennan went into the barn and found the rest of the party in the loft. The fuck's going on out there? Nia, that was quick thinking with Regan. But I need to know where she is now. Quick thinking? Saying you hadn't seen her. I haven't seen her. Any of you? Brennan had another moment of horrible realisation and rushed back down the ladder. Outside, Yellowine watched with the expression of a fanatic at a sporting event. The two mercenary leaders locked in single combat, the corpses of their followers strewn at their feet. The red armband saw an opening and pushed forward, only to slip on a pile of gore from one of his fallen comrades. Blue armband did not waste his opportunity, smashing his mace into his opponent's face. 
Red armband crumpled, and blue armband raised his hands in celebration. His celebration was rather short-lived, though, as an arrow pierced his left eye. For good measure, Yiluin put another into red armband as well. Brennan sprinted past. Brennan found Bowen Briarhelm sitting alone at the head of his table, lit only by moonlight. Empty bottles were strewn around the former soldier. Now we're square. Those men could have killed any of my charges, even the innocent ones. And you killed me the second you brought her here. I asked you, Brennan, I asked you if she was trouble. I came the closest I'll ever come to begging. And you lied. I could have protected you if you hadn't betrayed us. From some snot-nosed bounty killers, sure. What about the bankers? I offered you money. I'll just be like damned for I take a coin of your fucking allowance from Gunther. Then that's your pride, damn you. I'm not innocent, but don't dare lay this all at my feet. You've some nerve to talk to me about pride, you son of a whore. After all your talk about what's expected of a man... Honour isn't the same as pride. No, pride's when you refuse to break the rules you set for yourself. Honour's when you let everyone else set the rules for you. Honour is all we have when men cannot be trusted to set rules for themselves. <sighs> it's so easy for you, isn't it? So easy when you can hide what you want behind honourable things. It's never been easy. That's why they call it honour. Was it easy to ruin me with a lie? Was it easy for you to betray us? You first. My hands were tied, Bowen. My orders... God damn you, you're lying again! Don't hide behind orders or honour or duty. How is his majesty? Old, sick, and under siege. Me too? To answer your question, yes. When I overheard those sword-clanging peasants in the bar and realised several brandies into the day that you lied, yes, betraying you was the easiest thing I've ever fucking done. Well, maybe the second easiest. It's dealing with it after I'd done it that's hard. You came here to kill me before she does, didn't you? Bowen. Lying to a dying man's a curse on your house. Aye. But now that you're looking me in the eyes, you ain't got the piss in you to do it, have you? No. But you can't stop her, can you? Thirty years ago. Maybe. If what I've heard about her is true, you let a mad bitch off the chain. I don't think she's mad. I think she spent her whole life trapped in a corner. Haven't we all? Then, Bowen Briarhelm let out a soft groan. Blood burbled out of his mouth, and his eyes rolled sickeningly. Regan twisted her sword between Briarhelm's neck and shoulder, and then yanked it free. 
Blood sprayed from the body, covering the rogue and a large portion of the room. I suppose it would have been naive to ask you to show mercy. That was mercy. What did he want done with his body? Had Regan been anyone other than who she was, the blankness on Brennan's face would have terrified her. She left him alone to his emotions, but returned a few moments later, dragging the corpse of one of the mercenaries behind her. This mercenary, notably, was built similarly to the late Bowen Briarhelm. Moreover, he had had his face mutilated beyond recognition. You're going to help me get this guy into your friend's clothes. Then you can do whatever you want with his body. But make damn sure you bury him deep enough that no one will find him. And Brennan? Now we're square. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira, and directed and edited by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Garrett Armin, Hayes Dunlop, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Emily Kukuk, Frank Querez, Julie Reed, Perry Strong, and Dylan Yuremovich. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Production sound engineering is done by Gary O'Keefe, with dialogue editing and foley by Tommy Stang, and post-production mixing and sound design by Sandra Ramirez. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Thanks for downloading. Thank you.